You're listening to a podcast from 702 and Cape Talk. 702 and Cape Talk, the literature corner. Okay, I want to hear from you. Read for me, read for each other. Poetry, it can be short story, it can be an excerpt of your favorite author. If it's your own work, please don't be too self-indulgent. You can read a couple of paragraphs, but then please arrest yourself, as ANC comrades say. You can read lyrics of a song. Maybe you read something in a newspaper and you went, what? This is so literary, despite being a column entry. It is actually beautifully written. So you can also read from a newspaper if you want. 011-883-0702. Give us a call in Johannesburg. And if you are in Cape Town, read for us by dialing the number 021-446-0567. Uh, you can do so right now. Mpok, come sit here. Let's, let's talk. You know, the other day I, I was at the announcement of the awards for the Sunday Times Literary Event and someone actually stopped me there. Uh, the Ellen Payton and, uh, the, uh, the Barry Ronger Prize, the, the shortlist. And someone stopped me and said, you see, I don't, I don't know why people always say this before they talk about what they like in the show. I don't always listen to the radio, but the other day I was catching it on my way to Pretoria by accident. Like, okay, dude, we know you're a fan of the station. Uh, go on with what you actually listen to. And he said, but there was this guy who called in who was just amazing. This poor guy. It was so literary talking about this, that. And I, th- I said, yes, it was one of the most powerful moments um, that we've had in months on the show. In fact, such a heartfelt call as well. And I promised you a book, didn't I? And now he's here in the studio to come and fetch it. How are you? I'm good, and you? Very good. Um, that call, it just came from the heart, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Because a lot of people were deeply, deeply touched. The discussion that came after that was, was absolutely amazing. And, um, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for that. Sometimes when those kinds of call comes into radio stations, people think, ah, that one, he was paid by the DA to make that call. I heard the same thing on Power FM yesterday. <laughs> uh, How do you feel about that? Well, it's it's the truth. If if I'm telling the truth, so it doesn't matter if you say I'm paid. Absolutely. Yeah. Now you didn't bring your book, so you're not going to read for us. It's a pity. I should have told you to bring some. I'm going to give you a copy um, of one of my books after the show. Um, I'm glad you're hanging out here. Is the setup? How, how does it look compared to what your expectations were? I hope my colleagues have been nice to you. I think Megan is always nice, ne? Yeah, she's she's fantastic. Yeah. So before we read, what are you reading currently, or what's the last book that you read? Uh, the last book that I read was "The Land Is Ours" by Tim Baker. Okay, Toby. Oh, yeah. Did um, you like it? I loved it. You recommend it? Yes, I do. And what are you reading currently? Uh, Coalition Government by um, Farrell Hafiji. And how's it going? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I can see where she's because a lot of analysts have been saying that South Africa is going to be um, in coalition government in the coming after twenty nineteen. We are. Yeah, so mm. I kind of understand. Okay, so. well, have fun, hang out with us. Um, I'm going to chat to you a little bit later as well. Paul is doing amazing. He is even more special than that call would have you believe. Putting himself through university while at the same time having to work as well uh, from. Not quite here in sentence, somewhere else. So I'm not going to give away his entire biography. He's not here for accolades. He simply is someone who's curious and a reader, but really, really, really special. And um, I have the enormous respect for people who put themselves through university, who are working incredibly hard, um, and at the same time still trying to be engaged and citizens. So I'm really chuffed that you've come to the studio. Okay, so uh, let's go to Oak Dean. Abby, what are you going to read for us? Hello. Hi, Abby. Welcome. Good day, you say this. Go ahead, Abby, read. 
Uh, I've got a new poem called The Pig Fair. Yeah, Bo. Uh, you ready? I've been ready, Abby. What happens to the pig? <laughs> sorry, sorry, my <laughs> line's a little bit bad, but this, I have, it comes from the Irish Book of Wisdom, and it's called The Pig Fair. Yes, and I want to know what happens. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happens. It's, um, anyway, it goes like this. It was a pig fair last September, a day I well remember. I was walking up and down in drunken pride when my knees began to flutter and I sank down in the gutter and a pig came up and lay down by my side. And as I lay there in the gutter thinking thoughts I could not utter, I could have sworn I heard a passing lady say, You can tell the man who boozes by the company he chooses. And with that, the pig got up and walked away. <laughs> I was never ready for that. After our awkward setup, that was the last wonderful performance I'd expected. Thank you, Abby, including the Irish accent there. Babalwa, good morning. Cooey. Okay, okay, everyone is shy this morning, so I'm going to read. I don't know where Babalwa is. Maybe she's still putting on her different voices after hearing Abby do voices. I'm going to read for you from Nick Mschlongo's latest book, Short Stories, Soweto Under the Apricot Tree, and the short story by that particular title. I've never read it. I'm still working my way through this book. So this is just um, as it appears on the page. And once I'm done with the book proper, I'm going to get Nick to come in the studio and talk about short stories. After the unveiling of the tombstone, we are gathered at my home in Shaitan Soweto. The apricot court in the, ap- the apricot tree in the yard is beginning to shed its leaves as we approach autumn. The shun is su- hi man. Whose phone is doing that thing? Mpo, when's Anton? He's supposed to come and play nicely within my studio. It's live radio, Baba. We can't edit out that sound. The sun is shining brightly and the tender yellowish leaves are rustling in the slight wind. My mother tells me that this tree is sacred and produces only one mysterious rotten apricot annually. We are sitting in the shade of the tree and my mother looks happy. Her eyes are sparkling with unusual brilliance. Two of my uncles, Botloza and Sunday, are here as well. Uncle Botloza is wearing his black-rimmed glasses. When he laughs... He reveals his gap and a tooth that is stained brown. It's amazing how clean clothes have transformed his lean body. I'm used to him wearing his favorite green overalls. Today, he's in the black trousers and a blue golf shirt that I gave him a couple of weeks ago. Recently, my mother warned him to stop wearing those overalls because he's unemployed and living at the Cliptown Squatter Camp. She told him that overalls are only worn at work and that people who wear them while unemployed are confusing God. Uncle Sunday's clothes, especially his shirts, are always sharply ironed and today is no exception. Love this man. eh? One of my favorite writers. Love him to bits. Nick Mschlongo. And that's just the opening from the title essay, title short story in his collection, Soweto under the apricot tree. We can take a little bit of a break. And then on the other side of this, you can read, you can read lyrics, you can read a poem, you can read an excerpt from a book you're currently reading. Let's just get the nation to fall in love with books and literature and reading. And K Talk. The Literature Corner. 16 minutes after 11, and it's uh, the reading corner today. Please don't be awkward. Just answer the phone if you're already waiting. But Balwa, you want to read from that most beautiful of recent South African books, Always Another Country by Sasonke Musamang. 
How are you see this? Absolutely. So I'm going to be reading um, a little excerpt from New Black Old White. And so here goes. There is a new South Africa to build. Jason sidetracked me for a while, but now I'm back home and I can see the complexity of the task at hand. There is the politics, of course, and there is the economic reality. There is also something social, a rebuilding of the fabric of society that I find fascinating. Among whites, our middle-class status provokes a different set of responses. Unlike the black people who greet us with pride, whites are angry and resentful. We are the enemy. We represent everything. Whites in Pretoria fear they will lose with the end of a passing. By the time Mandela died, they all professed to love him. But in these early years, immediately after the election, they do not love him at all, nor do all of them accept him as their president. They curse him. They throw his name in our faces and hurl him at us like a swear word in traffic. Once, as I'm overtaking a white woman in, a car, in my car on the road, she turns and spits his name at me in rage. Mandela, I have no idea what I've done to make her angry, but that doesn't matter. Mm. I cackle in my car alone, relishing her frustration, understanding that she is not angry with me. She is unhappy with the world that has changed so much without warning right before her eyes. Lovely. That's beautiful. Have you read the entire book? I have. I have. We read it for our book club last year. And I've actually got in my car because I was hoping to drive um, Grit's book last night so she can sign it. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a beautiful conversation at Bridge Books as oh, well. Gosh. But there'll be another opportunity the next time she's in Joburg. Maybe we can arrange something, Babalwa. What did you Absolutely. make of the book Absolutely. overall? Oh, gosh. You see, yes, it was a stunning read. I think the reason also that I was reading that specific excerpt is because I've had many moments in my car many years later. Um, where I've got white people screaming at me in traffic, not because I'm a terrible driver or I've done anything, like something wrong, but because they're angry. Um, and so that specific chapter like resonates with me. Um, the only thing and what I do they shout at you? Do they shout at you, Mandela or Zuma? Ah, they always shout Zuma. Actually, I've had a couple of people shout Zuma at me. And I mean, the only question that I have for Zuzonke is why Simon? <laughs> <laughs> is why Simon? Why Simon? Yes. You know what? <laughs> go go on Breach Books page on seven oh two. The conversation Sasonke and I had is still there because it was live streamed and we spent the okay. first ten minutes specifically talking about her white Australian husband who almost yes. didn't make the final <laughs> cut in the book. He wasn't initially in the first version that I read because I read her manuscript and we had the most wonderful conversation about her interracial relationship. It was really, really oh, beautiful. So so I started the conversation with her there last night. But if you go on seven oh two to Bridge Books, you'll be able to find it there. Perfect. Thanks a lot, UCDS. Thanks, Babalwa. You want to read, give us a call, 011-883-0702 in Johannesburg, or you can read fast in Cape Town, 021-446-0567. can be a poem, can be your favorite lyrics, can be an excerpt from a book. It's all up to you, or maybe even just a little quote that you think is a beautiful vignette worth reading out and sharing. A Trudy in Rondebosch, good morning. Hello, UCDS. Recently, at a Sajin International Workshop, where we explored a new vision of aging as a time for deep reflection and spiritual growth, I came across two short things that I'd like to read. One, a Greek proverb, which goes like this. So society grows well when its elders plant trees under which they shall never sit. And the next is a little poem into relationship by Thich Nhat Hanh. You are me, and I am you. Isn't it obvious that we 
into R. You cultivate the flower in yourself so that I will be beautiful. I transform the garbage in myself so that you will not have to suffer. I support you. You support me. Isn't it beautiful? Thank you, Trudy. Thank you so much. Much appreciated. 21 minutes after 11. 702 and Cape Talk. The Literature Corner. My father's eyes. The bizarre address you gave me some 10 years ago is still stuck in my memory. I don't expect you to remember it because it was in a weird location. And after all, it did not really mean anything to you. But 93574 Avalon Cemetery still rings in my mind today. I should have known better than to ask you about my father. Although I was 27 years old and married, I was still so naive. I had been naive about marriage and children as well. But that naivety and my happiness was shattered with the birth of Fufu. Mokete was convinced it was my fault that our daughter was born with cerebral palsy. He insisted that I must find my father and appease my ancestors with traditional sacrifices to make things right. Normally, a goat and traditional umkomporti beer for the ancestors would be enough, he told me. If not, he threatened to leave me. I was surprised to learn that Mokete consulted a traditional healer behind my back. He was advised that our Fufu would heal if I found my real father. This came as a shock to me. As he did to you. Mama, you raised me the Christian way, but there I was fooling myself that I was married to a fellow Christian. Beautiful, isn't it? That's the first short story in Soweto under the apricot tree by Nick Mchlongo, 23 minutes after 11. 702 and Cape Talk. The Literature Corner. And it is the Reading Corner this week. Read for us, 021-446-0567 in Cape Town. Joe Burgers, you can read anything you want by calling us on 011-883-0702. You can also perform a poem if you want, if you're into that kind of thing. Read lyrics that you really enjoy. Anything goes, as long as we get the country reading. I think we're still in with a chance to deal with many of our other challenges. Hussey in Grassy Park. Hello. Hello. Hi, uh, Eusebius. I'm in Cape Town. Uh, and in the year uh, 2001, I had to go find work in Johannesburg, where I spent the whole year being then away from my wife and my daughter. Mm. Uh, I was obviously in touch with them only on the telephone, fairly regularly. And I sensed that my daughter at one stage was quite depressed and low in spirits. And a poem came up in my mind, which I want to read for you now, mm. which was very relevant then and is, in fact, even more relevant now. With, after the poem read, I can tell you that and you will understand. Did you write okay. it? it? It was, uh, I called, my daughter's name is Samantha. Mm-hmm. We call her Sam. Okay. And my poem is called Dearest Sam. Mm. If I had the wings of an angel... And you had the wings of a dove. I would change my wings for your wings as a token of my love. My halo I would keep, though, until you're feeling low. And when I hear your plaintive call, 
my halo I'll let go. That's the poem I wrote to her. And the, the, the relevance of it right now, my daughter is, she's now 37. She's in Australia uh, studying in the medical field with three little toddlers and under very heavy pressure. Mm. So the last four years, my wife, now my wife is the halo. My wife has gone over six months, three months at a time to assist while she's busy with exams. And she's going to be leaving now in the end of June for my daughter's final exams. Mm. And uh, for me, my poem is so relevant now where my daughter is under heavy stress and I'm able to assist by my halo, I'll let go. Stunning. Stunning. That's, and thank you for the context story. as well. Keep on writing, Asi. Yeah. Okay. Thank okay. you. Good stuff. 26 minutes after 11. 702 and Cape Talk. The Literature Corner. Sheila, good morning. Good morning, Isidro. Yes. Um, only two exits. Mm. One from Mandela's book, The Long Walk to Freedom, where he says, Poverty has always been an, inc- an incubator of true friendship. Many people will befriend you when you are rich. Precious few will do the same when you are poor. And then Ayn Rand, in the, in the short stories she wrote before becoming an author, in The Husband I Bought, where she says, women, children, all girls just say, hear me, listen to this. Don't love somebody beyond limits and consciousness. Mm. Try to always love some other aim or duty. Don't love beyond your very soul. If you can, I cannot. Because you couldn't. Hmm. Thank you so much for that, Sheila. Much appreciated. Okay, dear. Okay. One or two more of you want to read. I'm going to close it after this, but I'll, I'll take just Sadi, Pat, and Vivian, just hold on for me for one sec. I do want to know what you guys want to read. So we'll spend another five, ten minutes on the on the reading segment of the Literature Corner. I, I love it that you are so passionate about reading. But in the meantime, let's quickly check in with my colleagues at the EWN. 702 and Cape Talk, the Literature Corner. Okay, Pat, welcome to the Literature Corner. What are you going to read for us, Pat? Well, I'm going to read just the opening lines because it's very long. Slave's Dream, I, I read it 65 years ago and I've never forgotten. Wow, what is it called? The Slave's Dream, and it gives us a beautiful description of where the slave came from in Africa. Okay. It starts, beside the ungathered rice he lay, his sickle in his hand, his breast was bare, his matted hair was buried in the sand. Again in the mists and shadow of sleep. He saw his native land, and then it goes on for quite long. But it's a most beautiful poem, and it's by Longfellow. Yes, I've just opened it here. It is indeed. It is beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for sharing that with us. Sadi, good morning. Hi, Isidia. This is Masabata. I'm going to be reading to you a message to young people by Ellen G. White, mm. Chapter 72, Safeguarding the Health. Health is a blessing of which few appreciate the value, yet upon it the efficiency of our mental and physical powers largely depends. 
Our impulses and passions have their seat in the body, and it must be kept in the best condition physically and under the most spiritual influences in order that our talents may be put to the highest use. Anything that lessens physical strength enfeebles the mind and makes it less capable of discriminating between right and wrong. Wow, thank you for that. Much appreciated. Let's go to Clifton. Vivian, thank you for holding on. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Eusebius. Uh, short of, because of Palestine, I'd like to read something from the song Beds Are Burning. By I the love band. that song. It's one of the soundtracks of my To Be Forgotten 20s. Our anthem, Shall I Continue?, Read a little bit of the lyrics for those who don't know it. The time has come to say fair's fair, to pay the rent, to pay our share. The time has come, a fact's a fact. It belongs to them. Let's give it back. Vivian, you, I'm so chuffed that you have chosen a song. I've said it before and we've done one or two shows on lyrics before. The best lyricists in the world are excellent writers and really amazing poets. And that song, many of us danced to, got drunk to, got up to mischief to, but the lyrics are actually incredible, aren't they? Yeah, very moving and very important. And let's not forget why I've chosen this week in which to revisit This is just for you There it is, Vivian The blood wood And the 